Yesterday's Sweaters Club. I'm your host, Mikey Moore. It's March 7th, and tonight we're talking to Julian Latouche, vocalist behind one of Australia's most exciting post-hardcore outfits, Inertia. We talked about their signing to Resist Records for their brand new EP, Memoria, covering Justin Timberlake, and here's some great stories about Julian growing up in the Sydney music scene. Listen in. Alright, welcome to the show, Julian Latouche from Inertia. How are you, my friend? I'm uh, doing well, man. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, you guys have been a band that's been on my radar uh, for a while, actually. I think it was Heavy Eyes was the first song I ever heard from you boys, and I was like, yep, this is so, good. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. so awesome. Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much for, for checking it out back then as well. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's great, man. I, th- I think Sydney has always done a really good job of producing um quality bands i mean you guys are pretty spoiled for choice you know up there with like just for the damn polaris and and stuff like that yeah we are a talent factory here in sydney so <laughs> yeah just hoping to get added to that list of the greats oh you're already there man you're already there <laughs> um so tell me a bit about yourself and how inertia got started so I entered, I joined in Inertia in 2018. Uh, I wasn't a founding member. Um, I essentially left my old band uh, about a year before I joined in, uh, that was in 2018, I joined Inertia. So they were already established. They um, they released an EP called Unlearn, which was the first EP that uh, Inertia did. I think that was back in 2017. And yeah, it kind of just, uh, I was kind of sick of doing heavy music for a little while. I went off and did, a, did my pop pop and R&B solo career, which didn't, which lasted a whole, I don't know, six months. <laughs> um, then uh, uh, Inertia's like stuff landed on my on my desk and they were looking for a new vocalist. And um, they were kind of very receptive to what I wanted to kind of bring to the table. I wanted to bring over a lot of what I learned in that kind of time of working with pop and R&B and bring that to heavy music in, a, in an interesting way. So it wasn't like we, I didn't want to convert Inertia into a pop band, but I also you know, didn't want to lose that pop sensibility. So that's how it all kind of began for me. I joined in, we recorded Into the Grey, which was the first single I done. And then yeah. it's kind of just been like a match match from heaven ever since. Yeah, sweet. Was it um, tough sort of coming into a band that already had a decent amount of recorded material? Uh, I think it made the process probably a little bit easier. The vocalist before me was still phenomenal. Justin was an, was an amazing vocalist. Um, so it was, it was good for me because I had something to work towards. He was already a good vocalist. I knew I had to put in the work, even just to perform the songs that they already had which we, we did a couple of shows when I performed that EP and it was really challenging. So I think it was a good, uh, good process for me to learn the songs and kind of get up to scratch with where they're, where they were at before we kind of kicked it into what, what, you know, what would eventually become like our new stuff. Yeah. Sweet. Um, you mentioned that, um, you came, uh, from a bit of a, a pop solo career. Um, did you feel like that was a, a, a focus, to sort of bring a bit of that over to inertia. Yeah, it was definitely when I when I uh, essentially auditioned. There wasn't really an audition. I just kind of rocked up to a practice, and it it just kind of fit. Um, but I told them that this is you know I I've kind of grew up with in kind of both worlds. I, I was going to local shows in Blacktown, which is like my my hometown, uh, ever since I was fifteen years old, um, and that was. 
that was with bands like North Lane and, you know, uh, The Bride, Vegas in Ruins, like all these oh, big, yeah. big yeah. bands that came out at the time. So I grew up in that scene, but as a kid, I was listening to, you know, Usher, Justin Timberlake, you know, all those kind of records. And I've always kind of been in these two minds where if you checked out my Spotify or you checked out my whatever iPod at the time, it was kind of two worlds. You were like, you're bouncing from really cheesy, corny pop music to heavy, like even death metal, like death core and stuff at times. So it was something, I guess it was my passion. What I, what I sought out to do in as a vocalist was trying to get both of those worlds to meet in a way that it's not you know completely drowned out by one or the other it's a nice perfect mixture and i feel like uh, especially with this uh past ep i think we've kind of got it to a stage where i'm really happy and it's something that's really fulfilling for me cool man cool um so coming from sydney we we, we sort of just briefly touched on it that you guys have you know got a lot of amazing bands coming out um what is what is it like being a new band sort of starting up in Sydney and, and tell, tell me a bit about the community and how um, positive and nurturing it is. Sydney has always been kind of the hub for, for hardcore music. At least, like I said, I, I, I grew up, you know, going to gigs when I was 15 years old. That was something that, you know, I don't think any other scene has that. I, I don't know any of my friends that listen to like, I don't know, hip hop and stuff. They weren't going to gigs when they were 15. Mm. Um, it, it has kind of evolved since then. Obviously, Sydney's we've, we've lost a few venues here and there and it's uh, there's not really much you know, all ages stuff. So, I mean, that's something I'd definitely like to see kind of, kind of change and maybe start to pull over a younger fan base. I, um, but yeah, a lot of the stuff that we get now in Sydney is a lot of over 18s, but it's still, mm. it's still here mm. and alive. And the bands, you know, we, I guess because the history is so long, you, you'll kind of talk to someone from like, you know, even Polaris and you, you'll, you'll be chatting to like those guys and they were going to the same shows that I was going to when I was 15. <laughs> like we, it was, it was this click of people that, you know, we would have met each other in passing or at a show throughout the whole, throughout a whole youth. And then, you know, we kind of all kind of grew up to, you know, start our own bands. And that was watching bands like, yeah, like I said, Parkway Drive, Early North Lane, The Bride, and like all those kind of bands and all those influences just kind of, you know, made an it had an impact on us at that young age. And to a point where even myself, I was like, I want to do this. This is something that's so cool. And so, so fun. It's, it's so loose, especially like if we're talking about pop music and, and hardcore, like pop's so polished and it's so like standard into the book. Uh, majority of the time, whereas hardcore is it's so freeing and so loose, and it's kind of like a no balls approach. Just go f do whatever you want to do, and you know if it works, if it sounds good, then that's that's what you need to do. So yeah, Sydney's always been a good, very nurturing to that. People d love heavy music in Sydney. It's mm. especially touring around the country, you start to notice what each city likes to hear in a performance. I know that you know if I play in Sydney, if I play a breakdown in Sydney, it's gonna it's going to, you know, slap people going to, you know, open up a circle pit and stuff like that. Whereas in other states, it might be a little bit different. Um, mm -hmm. I know we play, we kind of adjust our set list nowadays to kind of play to, to the crowd. We know that they might be more um, receptive to a, pop, a poppier song or a heavier song here and there. So it's something that in Sydney, I know a breakdown will just get get the response that we need it to, to do. And that's what I've always loved about Sydney's metalcore scene or hardcore scene. Yeah, it's really cool, man. Um, it's funny you mentioned that the boys in Polaris were, 
the guys that you saw at shows, um, at the same shows you were at. I know on the podcast here, we've had um, some guests who are in some like older bands that have since sort of finished up and, and they'll say things like, yeah, like when our time was come and gone, all these new bands popped up and they're all familiar faces. Like you, you sort of recognize everybody. And I think that's a really cool part of the live music scene because it's very easy to get behind people you already know and, and like. So yeah, it's, it's, sure. it's nice to, to know that because we're, we're quite lucky in Melbourne as well. We, we sort of have a bit more of an all ages scene. Mm. It's not enormous. It's sort of driven by the one venue Wrangler. And um, yeah. outside of that, there's really like zero government support for, for live music, which just is crazy to me because, you know, you hear stories all the time about people that, you know, if they weren't at gigs, like, you know, having a bit of a mosh and having an outlet for that energy, they'd probably, you know, be going out and fighting or exactly. something like it's. Yeah. Um, I mean, God knows what I'd be doing if I wasn't at shows every weekend. Like mm. I think, I mean, growing up in Western Sydney, it's a, it's a place that has a stigma about it. Um, you know, so growing in that community and having somewhere to go, you know, every weekend and, you know, my parents who are obviously they're foreigners, they're, they're a bit wary about, you know, everything that, you know, we were doing as kids. So for them to go to go out, drive us to a show and kind of see the people and the same people week in, week out and know that we're in safe hands. They didn't have to worry about us if we're at the hardcore show because, you know, uh, on the banner it'd say like no drugs and alcohol at the show. And it would just give them a sense of like, we can, we can kind of send them there and like, they'll be fine. And then, you know, it, it kind of, it just evolved from that. So mm. like, like I said, Blacktown Masonic Center was probably the hub and a lot of, a lot of bands that are, kind of really doing big things now humble beginnings started in a little little masonic center in blacktown um yeah that's that's really good to see and it make like you said it makes it really easy to get behind bands when you when it's a it's a familiar face you know you're supporting someone that you you probably you know got hit in the face by a mosh pit at masonic (laughs) so (laughs) yeah yeah that's that's very true man who were some of the bands you used to love to go see back in the day Oh, um, Northlane were a huge one. Um, nice. I saw them on their first couple shows in Blacktown. There was there was three music venues in Blacktown, and they kind of played them all. Um, so Northlane were uh, huge for me. Um, I'm trying to think. Vegas and uh, sorry, not Vegas and Ruins. Vegas and Ruins were really good. They were a big influence in Sydney. I think if you come from that Sydney hardcore, you'll know of that band. Um, uh, Buried in Verona were super huge as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, the bride. Every time they came through, the bride were really good. Um, and then, yeah, and then I, I love seeing a lot of like interstate bands that came came through Sydney as well. So um, I, I think they were from Melbourne. There was this band called the Rose Line. Um, oh, yeah, really oh, old. Yeah. I don't know if if anyone will remember that one, but they were like one of my like every time they came through Sydney, I, I made sure we went and watched it. And then you had like obviously your Thy Artist Murders, which. I'd see every time they came through. Um, yeah. And bands that are still alive today. The fact that when I, when I think about it now being 28 years old, you know, 13 years later, some of these bands are still kicking and and succeeding, you know, um, I think just being an artist for, for even 10 years, that's, that's a, that's a hard task and remaining relevant. 
the fact that all these bands have done it for such a long time it's it's inspiring especially for you know we might be a little bit if you if you want to say like late to the to the game you know we're 28 we we're all like approaching 30 but it's still inspiring to be like doesn't matter like if if they can make it last for 10 years just by doing what what we're trying to do now there's there's some hope in it yeah hell yeah man well hopefully some of those all ages gigs can start making a comeback now that the pandemic's over um yeah fingers crossed yeah so it's 2022 you guys are coming out with a bang you've got your new single hive mind tell us about the track hive mind was the first song that we 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 actually recorded off the ep we didn't we didn't know what we were kind of aiming for we didn't know if we're going to do an ep an album whatever we just the the pandemic hit in 2019 all our um all our gigs that we had planned got cancelled and we knew we just we we kind of took a little bit of time off we were feeling a little bit you know not not great um so i mean at least for me i was feeling a little bit depressed and anxious not having you know that that kind of release and not being able to leave your home. So we decided that we just kind of just hang out. And if we can write, write music in the process, um, we're lucky enough to have a, an engineer in, in house, uh, our guitarist, Mark, who's done all the, uh, he's recorded all the, all the EPs, all the music, um, even up till date. So we kind of just headed to his house once. And I think, uh, I think it was Mark showed us the, the riff for hive mind. And we just kind of said, all right, we're not hanging out. We're, we're writing a song. Like that's what we're doing tonight. Um, and we kind of finished the music in like, I want to say maybe a week or two. And then lyrics, we, we all did together. We were all sitting in this room. I think that's something that really changed in our process this time around is, you know, before it might've been, you know, um, Mark might send me a riff or Ollie might write a song or I might, you know, start with some lyrics or a melody. Whereas this time we were all four of us like in a room, uh, working together. We were all feeding off each other. We've never really written like that before. So hive mind was a kind of testament to that. And once we kind of figured out that process, how we all work and what it sounds like hive mind just came out we like, all right, so we've kind of got a new process we can use with writing do we want to kind of dive into it and start working on some new music we've got all this time now you know there's nothing really much to do so we we just um we wanted to do an album at first uh then we kind of realized how big that task is Mm -hmm. and we decided to pull it back to an ep um just we just want to make something short and sweet that you know every song was a good testament and i think there's some there's a beauty in there in the difference between an ep and an album an ep allows a little bit of ex- experimentation in my opinion whereas an album is a little bit more solidified I, I don't think we were completely set in what we wanted to do just yet so i thought an ep was a nice little kind of middle ground to kind of experiment a little bit more and kind of put a put a kind of stamp on what an inertia sound is going to be like um for the next couple of years or maybe the next record who knows um and yeah hive mind i think is a good start to that i think mm-hmm. it was unexpected we we didn't anticipate that coming out of us it's very different it's leaning into to a more synth direction um but i think it's it's probably one of the best songs we've we've written together yeah no i would agree man i think it's excellent and i think those added flavors uh sort of the things that set you guys apart and it's nice to see bands like taking a few risks and um just trying to express themselves in like the most pure way just like you know just having a go you know 
Um, yeah, that, that's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, you, you mentioned before that it, the times were tough during COVID for you boys. Um, I guess what one of the, the only benefits I would say about COVID is you guys aren't, you know, too busy playing shows. So did, did you feel like it hurt or helped the creativity in writing the, the new stuff? I'd say it's a bit of both, um, in all honesty. At the start, it, it, it hurt a whole lot. You know, I, I wasn't feeling inspired staying at home. I, you know, I'm the type of person that needs to kind of go out and be active. I need, I need to go see my friends. So for me, it, it kind of hurt for, for a couple months. I was in a really dark spot where I was just, you know, I wasn't leaving the house. I wasn't working at all. So I just had nothing to do. So that was kind of having its effects on me. And then it kind of flipped when we decided to, well, I guess I, I was seeing a psychologist during that period and she just uh, encouraged me to kind of focus on a project. That's when, you know, we, I, I took that to the band and said, hey, I need something to work on. And that's when it kind of flipped and it became kind of a, a blessing rather than, you know, a, a pain. It gave me something to invest my time into and really kind of, you know, spend my days, you know, um, trying to trying to do something that was meaningful and different. I, I guess mm. um, the, the EP kind of follows a story structure, which is something I've never done. Uh, I've never thought about doing, but it took a lot of time. And I think that's what I needed to do um, during the whole pandemic was kind of invest myself in something a little bit more deeper than just, you know, write a, write a lyric to a three minute song and then done it's over. So I think a bit of both, a bit, a bit of both. Yeah, for sure. So Hive Mind is just one of many tracks that's coming out on your upcoming new record, Memoria, on March 18th. Um, you, you mentioned some, some sort of new elements you brought to the music in since. Uh, is there a, a few other surprises we can expect on the record? Um, on Memoria, we definitely did experiment the whole EP. Um, there are a lot of surprises. I think people people who, who have heard Inertia might be a little bit shocked in what they're going to hear. We, you know, everyone's probably expecting us to go a little bit poppier, especially having, you know, a, a clean singer. They're probably expecting us to go poppier. But I, we insisted that if not, if anything, we go heavier. We just wanted to kind of make the balance really good. So, I mean, Mark, our guitarist, had a good analogy. It's kind of like if Spirit Box uh, had a baby with mm. The Weeknd, that's something. <laughs> <laughs> so, like yeah, that, that kind of, it's, it's, <laughs> I think it's refreshing. It's not something that I think any band has really kind of dived into much, especially on the kind of mixing and melding in, you know, elements of pop. It, it might be more dark pop, like I said, like The Weeknd, that kind of style. But, you know, it's, I don't, I think it's, there's something for everyone. If you like the heavy elements of, of, of Inertia, you're going to love it. If you like the pop sense, the pop stuff, then you're going to love it. If you like, and then even if you're a new person uh, checking out our band, um, th- I'm sure there's going to be something on the, on the EP that you, you resonate with and enjoy. Awesome, man. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to hearing it. Um, now, from what I understand, that the, the record actually had been recorded for a while. Is that true? Yes, we re- we recorded it. Well, we wrote and recorded it over to 2019 and 2020 through to 21. We really wow. wanted to polish it. We had 
we did have obviously more songs than we we have on the EP that we kind of culled out that it just didn't fit within the context of what we were doing. Um, but in that process, we kind of once it was finished, we um, we decided we we kind of had a once over with it, gave it a listen, we and we decided that we wanted to do something more with it. It was we didn't want it to be just another EP. We didn't want to just um, release it as an EP. Then it, you know we work on it something else. We wanted to make it bigger than what it what. B- bigger than what we've ever done and I think what it deserves and so we pitched it to um to resist records who eventually picked it up um towards the end of last year so 2021 and um decided that they would release um, our next EP so there was a bit of delay in getting it out but I think all the all the delays we've made have been for the right reasons mm. Well, that's great, man. Well, that that's a good lead into my next question. Signing to Resist Records, which is fucking big deal. I mean, you mentioned going to see Parkway Drive when you're a kid, and now you're on the same label as them. Um, how does that feel? It's unreal. It's actually um, it's kind of a dream come true. Like I said, I grew up in this in this scene, and Resist has been. I remember getting the first sampler CD. I was at a. They used to do this uh, this tour slash festival that have five huge overseas bands. It was called Taste of Chaos. And the first one I went to was in 2005 and I was standing outside waiting for my parents to pick me up from the show and I got a CD from someone handing out CDs at the show and that was a Resist record sampler CD. So to go from that, you know, that memory of me in 2005 to actually being on that label <laughs> and alongside all the bands that I grew up with is absolutely nuts. It's something that, you know, one can only dream to achieve. Um, but, um, I, I think it's a match made in heaven. We had a, when we decided we were going to pitch it to labels, uh, we, we had a kind of, we got together, we wrote a list with our manager and, um, resist was at the top and they're the only label we sent it to. We didn't send it to any other label. We sent it to resist because we, we were just hoping we were thinking if they you know if they're not interested they'll just say no we'll move on (laughs) to the next one down the list but they were number one we sent to them first and they came back and we met up with um graham and uh that that's it i think i think it's just inertia and resist was uh bound to happen at at some stage (laughs) yeah yeah well i guess you know sending it to a label and getting getting signed just after one go i guess shows the strength of the material um, so that, that courtship, you just sent them a copy of the record and, and then had the meetup. How was it, was there nerves meeting with Graham? Cause I guess he's, he's sort of like a heavy music celebrity, like royalty even. Yeah, he's, he's definitely the kind of like, if not the, one of the oldest people in the scene as well. I mean, <laughs> like he's been here for, for the longest time. He's, he's watched, you know every hardcore band come through australia he he's got a keen keen eye uh on everything and that's i i wasn't really there was a bit of nerves of course but i think a lot of it was curiosity i I wanted to pick his brain as someone that's kind of you know been in niche i guess for so long i wanted to pick his brain about what his thoughts were how how things were how things are developing now and i guess what he wanted to achieve and resist i mean whatever he set out to do it seems like he's successful so i just kind of wanted from my point of view i just wanted to pick his brain and um get to know get to know the person that i saw in the parkway drive documentaries (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it was it was it was awesome meeting graham and uh he's a he's a top dude 
Yeah, for sure, man. Well, um, let's backtrack a little bit because um, this was something that was on my radar when it first released, but you guys released an absolute heater of a cover of Justin Timberlake's Cry Me a River uh, for the Better <laughs> Sessions compilation. Now, like, everybody knows that, like, JT is the man, so it's it's a perfect choice. But um, when it comes to releasing a cover, how did you guys decide on the song? Like, was there like a short list that you guys had to kind of, you know, fight each other over or how, how does something like that happen? That's actually funny. We were, this was something we kind of had plans in the work for a very long time. I, I'm going to say probably ever since I joined the band, um, we kind of, I was at practice, we were at a rehearsal session for something and I just, I was listening to Justin Timberlake in the car, I think, I think it came up in Spotify and I just came into the to the studio, just in a great mood, uh, singing Cry Me River, singing just the hook. And then I just remember singing, you don't have to say what you did. And then um, my guitarist <laughs> just started playing the dun 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. And then it broke out into a whole like we did the whole song just from this me riffing with the with the with the chorus, and then I left going we need to do this this is this is something we need to do, um, and it took a lot of pushback that there was a lot of hesitation with the boys going nah it's really hard covering just Timberlake, Timberlake is scary you know that's something that every person will look under a lens and try and find something wrong with it so there was a lot of uh, you know pushback for a while and then I think yeah during uh, when we released it was last year um, we we just thought look, if there was a time we had, we haven't released something in, in a year, let's just tee it over with this. This is something we've always wanted to do. This is something that it, even if no one likes it, it was something I needed to kind of get done just to tick it off the list. And then, you know, and yeah, the reception that we get from it, I, I love playing it live. I think it's one of the, one of the funnest songs we do, uh, we do live now. Um, and it was just good to kind of, get a little bit of my history into into inertia so people can kind of get a sense of where I'm coming at in this in all this mess so I think it's yeah I think it was the the something we had in the works for a very long time that just needed to happen yeah 100% man well I think this is the second time that inertia has been put on vinyl right because I think was it heavy eyes that got put on vinyl as well yeah yes yeah, we did a split with um, Anticline and for our single Heavy Eyes. And so that went p- p- so quickly, uh, I think sold out within an hour from ABBC. Mm. Um, who, absolute legends. They've they've been there from us literally since day one as well. So, um, yeah, that, that was our second vinyl. And uh, with more on the way, uh, I think vinyl's seeing a bit of a resurgence now. So yeah. um, you, you ride the wave. So there is definitely some more coming. Yeah, well, was it a cool moment to be able to show you something like that to your parents? Because obviously they would have grown up with vinyl and and that was the way they listened to it. And it was a, kind of like a full circle moment for yourself being able to say to your parents, hey, look, I've got my music on here and and just kind of see their reaction to that. Yeah, it was 
it was actually great, uh, like handing a copy over to my mom and saying, "Hey, I got a, I got a vinyl. Uh, check it out <laughs> if you wanted to." Obviously, my parents aren't really into the whole heavy, heavy music kind of thing, but I, I gave it to her. My mom loves Heavy Eyes, so she was really happy that it was that song. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they slapped it in their um, in their vinyl player and added to their collection. I mean, in that collection, there's Michael Jackson records, Lionel Richie, the Commodores. It's it's a mess, and then like there's just a little slot just with inertia's inertia and anticline split um and hopefully that just grows for them but yeah the parents are stoked they they um obviously you know no parents i mean getting getting into music is no easy easy task so you know they always are on the side of caution but i i guess they've seen how much of a of a difference it's made to me and how much i love it so that you know um they've just kind of gotten used to it and yeah they they're they're very supportive and yeah. now that they have vinyl they can kind of it's 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 tangible they've got it in their hands <laughs> yeah well um let's um go back to i guess the covid thing because there's there's a lot of bands that i've spoken to in similar positions to yourselves where there were so many like big plans that that they've had and they've just had to constantly push them down the road and you know tours festivals get either cancelled or rescheduled um how how much is it because you, you mentioned that you guys were feeling a bit defeated and, and you, you weren't feeling a ton of motivation but um just like how, how does it how, how is it like that you're able to come back and and find that motivation again because i know even through covid like i've like kind of lost my passion for like even the simplest hobbies like mm-hmm. and and it's very hard to find that again because I think COVID has changed everybody. Um, so yeah. how did you guys cope with having to like, I'm sure you would have like lost money from like either booking flights or, or booking things yeah. like, tell me a bit about like the impact of trying to just constantly put things back together. I think that's, yeah, it was, it was tough. Um, we, we released our EP at the height of the pandemic, at the start of the pandemic, you know, something that we were building so much momentum for. We we spent maybe a year working on the last on the last EP, and then you know we got this awesome tour booked with Two Octavia out, and you know ourselves it was going to be a triple headliner all throughout you know the east coast of Australia. Something we put a lot of a lot of effort and work into. You know, we didn't have a booking agent or a manager at the time, so this was all all booked by ourselves, and. You know, we were looking forward to the EP release. We, you know, with our publicist, you know, helped us out so much. And there was all this excitement. And then when it all kind of just went away and we couldn't do the tour, we couldn't do the, you know, everything to back up the release. And that's the kind of thing with a release. It needs to, you can't just put out, you know, new material. You need to do the touring cycle too to back it up. So, you know, when you only have one piece of the of the puzzle and the other one's just kind of missing and you can't really find it, it begins it you you begin to lose a little bit of hope. You you begin to to think about why, you know, why you're doing something. And I think that's where the solution, that's where it kind of backflipped. We kind of just, you know, realize that even if, you know, I mean, how you define success, you know, for us, it was, it's never been about making it big, you know, making a lot of money. It was 
I think the question that, that I asked myself, if inertia just came, continued exactly where we were in terms of playing, you know, as much shows as we do, making the music that we make, am I still, you know, happy with what we're doing? And the answer was always yes. Um, and that's how I think we rebounded. We all just kind of figured out that we, we enjoy what we make. There's, we're not, it, it's not like a task. It's, we don't get a song back and go, oh, like, yeah, okay, another song, it's, it's done, time to write another one. We, we get it back and we, you know, we're excited. We want to show people. And, yeah, and I yeah. think that's the, that's the beauty of it. You know, it, it is a little bit of a, if, of a selfish thing to, to make music sometimes. It is a little bit of a feed your ego kind of deal because yeah, you're writing songs yeah. about, you know, yourself. And it seems a little bit, you know, self, you know, a bit selfish at times. But then you think about, the pandemic and you know and i know a lot of my anxiety came from watching the news 24 7 24 7 you know cases were going up cases were going down there was vaccines there was people that didn't want the vaccines there was all this stuff going on in the world and that's when my anxiety tried to rise and it kind of dawned to me that the first thing i would do was turn it off listen to music that was something that calmed me down that was something that you know made me go, all right, well, the world's in chaos, but I'm going to have to take this 15 minutes or half an hour to listen to this, you know, this, this EP or this album. And that's when it kind of clicked to me that like, yes, it is a little bit selfish at times. We are doing this for, you know, for ourselves essentially. But if, if it weren't for the people listening, it wouldn't be possible. And mm. that's, that's what we're doing it for as well without we gotta we gotta honor you gotta respect that about the music it's not always about yourself it's about the people that are supporting you and continue to do so even through a pandemic and i think having people support us during the pandemic by merch by our vinyls and stuff that was so uplifting and it made it felt like it wasn't selfish it felt like it was something that was a little bit selfless you know something that we could give to someone who might be struggling with all the crazy it's still crazy out there today you know mm. if not even more than it has been the last the last couple of years so um yeah i think that was part of the process understanding that it's not something that's completely selfish that there is a bit of humility in what we're doing yeah yeah that's a, that's a great way of putting it man um now we i think sydney has lost a ton of venues. I think Sydney, from what I've read, has had the worst time with venues closing out of any state in Australia. Yeah. And I, I don't really see like a lot of government support, you know, to help these venues. Um, do you think that the scene like sort of bounces back from this or, or do you think like the damage is done and we're going to be just rebuilding for years to come? It's hard to say, really. There, there are still venues and there are still venues that if you want to play a show, you can play a show. I guess it just gets difficult when, I guess, the, the damage has already been done in terms of the, the culture around it. You know, there is people, you know, might not want to go to a show because it's just, um, you know, there's no there's the sydney nightlife has kind of died i think what i like about going to melbourne we were just there this weekend we played two shows in melbourne which again unheard of in sydney if we if we told you we were playing two shows in one weekend in sydney it, it wouldn't happen uh but leaving the venue and be able to take you know 10 steps 20 steps down the road and there's a bar open to your left 
you know so you, you can still you can make a night out of it it's not just mm. like um it's like you know going to the movies with your friends you might go for dinner after before you might watch a movie you might you know go for you know uh you know a bit of ice cream after things like that whereas in sydney it's just kind of the venues are so so spread out as well and it's 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 something that needs a lot of government support to kind of get on the right track um i believe just because it's you know uh, it's it's kind of it's the community like a lot of venues got shut down because of you know a lot of real estate development as well in in sydney as well and it's 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 kind of scary to to see sydney go in such a in in the way that's gonna perhaps be with devoid of culture you know this is when i talk about my childhood in sydney going to shows at 15 knowing that kids might not have this they're going to be stuck in their houses um that that's upsetting uh so i think it, it does need help can it get back to a place where it's uh, where there's if not a resurgence i think yes it just needs support. Bands need to just get up and play shows. Um, sometimes, you know, there's a lot of politics that go behind bands and all that kind of stuff naturally. But you know, put all that sort of stuff aside and understand that without, you know, we could we could be breeding the, the next generation of you know us musicians in ten years' times. We could be there could be you know someone twenty you know ten years younger than me talking about you know how all these bands made a difference in their in their life. Mm. That's true, man. Well, uh, let's move on to a lighter topic now. Um, I'm sure everybody <laughs> is sick of talking and hearing about COVID. Yeah. Um, so you now you've got three EPs under your belt, and and you briefly touched on the fact that Memorial was almost going to be a full length. But um, are there plans to do a full length next? Um. I can't give away too much, but I can say we are working on new music. Um, obviously, now with the now with the backing of a good label, we do have, you know, the we, we do we have we have the resources to to do to do more with what we were doing them before. So uh, an album's not off the table. I think we're more prepared for it now, especially going through what we went through in the last two years. Um, I think we we're gonna ride the wave on the EP, see how audience respond to it, see how the fans respond to it and maybe gauge it from there. Um, my, my belief is if the, if the people want an album, you give them an album. So if the people want an album, we'll do an album. Sounds good, man. Well, um, what, um, who are some of the local bands, I guess in Sydney, Melbourne, anywhere really, um, who are some locals that you're really into at the moment and you think are kicking goals? um good question um i think there there are a lot of bands that i've just kind of been banking on off the side for a little bit that we played shows with um out from adelaide are probably one of my favorites at the moment they're about the same age as us in terms of how long we've been doing things um but they they're doing really well um they deserve all the support they can get they're amazing absolutely phenomenal dudes as well um in in Sydney, we've got um, bands like Merkwood. They're a new band. You might not have heard of them. They started up during the pandemic. Uh, crazy good music. Um, you've got bands like Haraway. They just released some new music uh, a, a couple of weeks ago. Phenomenal stuff as well. Really heavy. Um, 
uh, you've got bands like Relika, Lucid from Sydney. There's a lot going on. That's what I learned about the pandemic. A lot of people were in the same situation as us, so a whole lot of new music came out. Um, to Octavia from Melbourne. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, love those guys as yeah. well. Obviously, Wim Waker don't need any help. <laughs> They're doing really well by themselves, but their new album, uh, it's... I'm really, really keen to hear it out. We've got we've got friends spread out so far and wide, and that's that's amazing. I'm just happy that we have all these people who we get to play shows with day in and day out. Um, yeah, there's there's too many to mention. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so we're kind of, we're kind of a bit fucked. Well, the summer that's just passed because COVID was happening right in the middle of it. But um, let's just say Memoria comes out. You guys are. A kicking goals doing really well. We're coming into festival season twenty twenty two, or the end of this year. What would be your sort of dream festival to play out of the ones that we currently get? So it could be like Download, uh, Unify, you know, Uncaged. Even if if that's you know something you you'd be into. Um, if you could pick one, what would it be? Oh, mm, that's a great question. I'd have to say that Unify has probably been on our list for the longest time, purely just because of how much work they do in the scene. Um, my, I, I've been going to Unify for the last five to six years, and it's a three-day, uh, you know, a three-day camping festival for heavy music. No one saw that coming, and the <laughs> fact that it's <laughs> the fact that it's all, you know, a majority of local bands, especially this year. It's a lot of it's local bands, and it's. It's it's something special that I don't think any other country has in, in you know, they, they might have their versions of it, but it's just so unique because it's, you know, it's very Australian in that too. It's, you know, out of the out of the city, just way way out in the country in in Victoria. And it's it's just there's so much to it. Like it's this there's a culture in there now, you know. I remember learning about beer jousting from from Unify. <laughs> um, and it's it's just so memorable. It would just be nice to kind of have our own story about being an artist there and uh, you know, just pl- playing to somewhere that's just got such a such a unique culture. Yeah, for sure, man. That's a great choice. Um, yeah. Unify is definitely my favorite out of all of them because yeah, you're right, three day camping, there's just so much, you know, mischief you can get up to and just have a lot of fun. It's yeah, it's really like the perfect weekend, I think. Yeah, I agree. So um tell me what would you say is your favorite inertia show to date? Whoa, that is a tricky one. Um I'm gonna have to say our first it was the 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 last show of last year, twenty uh of yeah 2021 we played a one-off show um really small cap we sold it out very quickly um i think that's probably got to be my favorite because after so long of you know doing reduced cap seating shows and you know going from from that place to coming out and seeing a room packed full of people you um Packed full of uh, people, ready to go, just ready to have a good night. The energy was super high. We were trying out some new stuff. We played some new songs off the EP. We had we had lights. We had a um, visuals in the background. It was all set up. We played. We planned it for so long that it just kind of that was the moment it paid off. It, you know, two years of 
barely doing shows, doing seated show, things like that, where you couldn't really have a, an extravagant performance because it was kind of this controlled environment. Yeah. So having that, that chaos, being able to play a show, jump into the crowd and have your crowd sing back to you, you know, melodies you wrote in your bedroom, you know, two, two years ago, you would, it was so bizarre. And I think the fact that it was a hometown show is testament to, you know, it's, kind of sometimes it's nowhere's better than home i i do enjoy obviously playing in other places but this is something special yeah yeah 100 percent, man well it's nice to see that um it wasn't all for nothing you guys were were able to come back strong and and just really drink in that moment of being back and 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 playing shows um yeah yeah it's it's, it's a yeah. really that's a good choice so um, I guess we'll wrap it up there. But, um, yeah, Memoria comes out on March 18th. I'm sure you guys have got a lot of touring plans in the works there. Yeah, we've, we're we hitting the ground hard. It is something we've wanted to do for a very long time. So we the EP comes out, yeah, March 18th. And then two weeks after that, we're going to be in Adelaide with AMPM. Um, with Out and Ocean Sleeper. Then two weeks after that, on April 16th, we're going to be in Brisbane again with AMPM with Deadlights and Headwreck. Whoa. In Melbourne on the 7th uh, with um, uh, that one's again, I think with Ocean Sleeper as well. And then again, the postponed um, to Octavia show. Uh, so there's a lot, there's a lot going on. Tickets are available on our website. Um, I, I strongly suggest coming to a show. I think they're going to be ridiculous. A lot of pent up energy waiting to be released <laughs> at all these shows. And I, I think part of the EP is, I think it's meant to be heard live. I, we wrote it with that in mind. So I think anyone that comes to a show isn't going to be disappointed at all. Sounds fantastic, man. Well, I guess everyone listening should definitely check out Hivebind and uh, then only a two week wait until the record. And um, yeah, be sure to catch Inertia on the dates that Julian just said. And um, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing you out on the road soon. Sweet. Thanks for the thanks for the chat. <laughs> no worries, man. All right, take care. Take it easy.